This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And we coming from our basement to your headphones, barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown. Thank you for downloading the Podcastianos. Now here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. Welcome back to another episode of the Podcastianos. I am Jordan Hall, and I'm joined as always by a man who is multi-talented in his own right. It's Eric Wayne. Eric, how are you, how are you doing tonight? I'm strong, feeling vibrant educated i have a passion for knowledge and communication tonight um so obviously last last week uh was our 69th episode is there a little bit of a letdown this week after such a nice episode last week Mm, yeah it's a little less nice what are you gonna do i I appreciate all of the the nice tweets that we got about last week's show um you you guys out there are are far too kind to us um so i bring up the multi-talented thing because um if you're aware of things going on in baseball outside of Detroit, you'll notice mm. that something spectacular is going on um, in this this young season. Um, Shohei Otani has put together possibly the most remarkable opening two weeks in baseball history. Whispers of another player who rarely gets compared, and that is one Babe Ruth. You have to do something pretty special to get Babe Ruth comparisons, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so here, here are the numbers. 389 over his first 18 at-bats with three homers. Um, and then just Jeez. casually, he's 2-0 and on the hill with 18 strikeouts in 13 innings, um, including Strong. taking a perfect game through six and a third. And he has accounted for almost a full uh, wins above replacement after Already. two weeks in this. I mean, I think it's like wow. 0.8 something, but... Um, We're we're two weeks into the season. Are you suggesting that by his performance and by comparing his spring training statistics, maybe spring training doesn't matter all that much? Yeah, it's it's almost like that's the case. Um, Your boy Mike Fires obviously was was proving that to be to be true also. But yeah, um, it it makes you wonder like. Did he use that kind of like a a triple A you know tune up to get ready for the season you know get accustomed to to big league hitters or or what? But um, I, I like the idea that it was it was a misdirection that he was purposefully he was hustling them yeah like a like a pool hustler yeah I, I like that, that idea that'd be great um, and obviously like you said they com- they've been comparing comparing him to Babe Ruth honestly I think obviously 
Babe Ruth did this over a career, and that is clearly more difficult. But if he continues at even most of this pace, for me, it is entirely more impressive than what Babe did, considering, you know, who knows exactly what kind of cheddar these guys, those guys were humming back in the, you know, right. Twenties different era. I mean, before um, training and diet and performance enhancing and year long athletic pursuits. Um, Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Babe Ruth pretty much pitch for a significant period of the beginning of his career and then pretty much focused exclusively on hitting. I don't know if there's any, been any ball player to do, both successfully simultaneously over an extended period of time have they i really don't think so i can't think of any i'd be very curious to see what his day-to-day routine looks like as far as um you know because right. yeah they the preparations are, are very different um when i pitched at adrian we had a kid that pitched and hit and he essentially um when he was pitching he he showed up and he pitched and other than that he was he did everything with the hitters um, right now, I don't want to criticize your college career, but we're talking about a slightly different slightly level. Slightly different of, level, yes. I mean, in pro ball, these guys, um, you know, the, the 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 you can't just show up every fifth day and pitch, can you? I, I mean, they have their so. their routines patterned, and this is a bullpen day, and this is a stretch day, and this is a lift weights day, and whatever. Um, they're kind of regimented. And I think I think it's really interesting that the the Angels are using the six man rotation to accommodate him. I think that's really smart. I think that'll pay off. Um, the the one thing I, I worry about him a little bit, and you know he he doesn't play for the Tigers, so I'm not that worried about him. Um, but I worry if he becomes you know a jack of all trades, master of none. Like if he had dedicated himself solely to either of them, would he be you know one of the all time greats at either? Um, but obviously, you know doing both is amazing kind of in yeah own, that's right? specializing is a ton less interesting and exciting we're talking about him today not because he hit 389 with three home runs and we wouldn't really be talking about him with a two wins and the strikeouts we're talking about him because he did both i mean that's ext- it's just extraordinary yeah absolutely um and and i wonder um this is just the direction my brain works if all of a sudden, we're going to see a lot more guys trying it. I, I would like to see. I, th- I think it's really yep. interesting. Um, there's, you know, Brendan McKay from the the Rays organization did both at, I want to say, Louisville in college. Um, and I, I haven't monitored exactly what the Rays have done with him. I'm sure they'll make him into a great pitcher. It tends to be what they do. Who's the Who's the guy? The um, was uh, it Diamondbacks had Micah. Is Mike it Micah Owings? Owings? Yep. Yeah, they kind of used him a little bit. How about our boy Anthony Ghost? He, I feel like it's a stretch to call him either a hitter or a pitcher, but he did, he did try and take part in both. I mean, that's a recent example of somebody who's switched over, but he, he made the switch. I mean, yeah, he was going to still hit a little bit and could be a pinch runner and, you know, play some outfield for you. But I mean, he wanted to be a pitcher because his hitting was not so much. Yeah. And obviously all you guys are. The, all the listeners are yelling at me. Uh, Hunter Green, you know the guy that the the Reds just drafted. Oh. Um, he oh. he did both in high school. I believe they're making him into a, a starting pitcher. Um, but anyway, brings us this week's leadoff question: Who from the Tigers, past, present, or future, would you most like to get a, a chance to see try and do both regularly? Um, and this isn't like a one-time mound appearance or an at bat. Right. Like consistently uh, do that. Well, I think I'll give you two and I'll give you the popular answer 
and I'll give you the correct answer. Okay. All right. The popular answer would have been a guy like Brandon Inch. Okay. Well, there goes my my choice. I'll think of another one. Okay. I'll skip right to – you can elaborate on Brandon, and I'll skip to the correct answer. Okay. And the correct answer is probably somebody you have forgotten about, and that is Dontrell Willis. Oh, yes. I have. That's a great one. Dontrell Willis uh, was a terrific hitter. And when it became more clear that he was struggling on the mound, there were cries from everywhere around baseball saying, let the guy hit. He was a good hitter, but he never really wanted to. Like his heart wasn't in it. He was just a good hitter, but he didn't fancy himself a hitter or didn't think of himself in that way. But he could certainly do it. He'd hit bombs. And um, I think there might have been times where he pinch hit. I'm not sure, but when Cer- he got certainly a chance, for Miami, you know, when he yeah. when he could hit for the uh, for other pitchers, yeah, right. So um, I, I think that would have been the right answer, especially towards the end of his career and he's struggling. Get your mind off the you know control issues. Here we, we're going to work on letting you hit some. I think that would have been fun. Yeah, I think it would have taken some of the the mental pressure off him. I mean, he is. I yep. think he faded because essentially he cracked um you know from the the mental pressure of being a pitcher yeah i went with brandon um you know from a a pitching perspective you like a guy who has um you know that athleticism and obviously brandon was about as athletic as it got from a from an infielder um you know had a had a great arm uh the other one i thought of i don't know exactly why this came to mind but i really would like to have seen um joel zumaya get at bats i feel like that could have worked Obviously, it works easier with a starting pitcher, but... um, Do you have any reason to believe at all, besides your desire, that... Oh no! Do Mike? No, not in not in the slightest. That that was. I, I to be fair, I prefaced it that way. I don't I don't no, know exactly. No factual information. Just no, I just, just desire. I think that could have worked out well. So if you want to get in touch with the show, uh, you can on Twitter at Jordan Hall twenty three at Comeric Eric and at Podcastianos on Instagram. I am at Jordino four, um, Facebook dot com backslash Podcastianos, and we would love it if you would take the time to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and whatever whatever other platform you're listening to the show on and we have one more review are you ready for this um it's from it's good it is good it's from green man g uh five stars and he says good job i've been a tigers fan for almost 10 years now and this is my favorite tigers podcast out there keep up the good work guys short sweet to the point and affirming which fuels our egos i'm blaine hardy and you're listening to the podcast Giannos. Eric, I don't know if you remember this, um, but for the entirety of spring training and then our hot takes uh, season preview episode, and then again last week, you know, after opening day, we were fairly pessimistic, would you say, about the season. Um, mm-hmm. But it appears that we were completely wrong because this team is awesome. Um, I When I was preparing this, we were a half game out of first place. Um, we might be a very, we very well may be a full game or, or further out at this point. Um, but this hasn't been the disaster we were preparing for. Well, if you wanted to put a of uh, uh, an optimistic flavored spin on it and said, you know, we could have op- could have would have should have won opening day. We lost two one to zero games, which we could have won one of those. I mean, if you wrap that all up into a package, you say, wow. I mean, that's pretty pretty good. Um, and aside from just record or potential record, um, 
I think at at least you can say this team is interesting. Yes, absolutely. And I think at best you can say they're 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 kind of fun to watch. They're they're I don't want to say crazy fun to watch, but they're they're interesting, wouldn't you say? I would definitely say that, especially when you compare um at least the last couple months of the season last year, but I would even go as far as say the full season and maybe the season before that. It was a it was a tough to palate brand of baseball that we were playing. You had guys who, in my opinion, were tough to root for that didn't exactly appear um, bothered kind of one way or the other. And the ones that were were bothered kind of in the most abrasive way possible. Um, Not specifically talking about Ian Kinsler there at at all. Um, Yeah, this is this is baseball that even if we're not very good, I could watch for 162 games this year. There's a lot of psychology involved here, too. I mean, psychologists who study happiness talk a lot about comparison set and um, humans are shown to be very like um, loss adverse compared to like what they what they expect. And so there's a whole different psychology involved in the previous years where you think you are going to win the division or you think you have a chance at a wild card and it turns out to be kind of eh, mediocre and it all just feels lousy but when you are expecting to have the worst or second to worst i mean zips at us second to last um just just ahead of the marlins and expected record and if you go 500 you, you feel kind of puffed up you know all that that's exceeding expectations or that's kind of feels good yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been a little hard to take anything from, you know, the first two weeks have been kind of wonky. You've had some weather issues. Um, right, a lot of bad weather. A lot of scheduling issues. Uh, but are you any more optimistic about the rest of the season now than you were even a week ago? My my heart wants to say yes. I feel it. It's, it's warm with the power of the English D. My brain says no, no. The expectations are right where they have been, should be, should be, and um, you know, a, a few uh, bright spots shouldn't change the the fact. No, like you that, say, with the optimism part, I believe that that is, or not the opt the um, enjoyment. The, I yeah, have sure. more. I anticipate enjoying the season more today than I would have anticipated a week ago. Okay. And, you know, results I aside, it's yeah, the, I don't necessarily know that I think that we're going to finish, you know, greatly above where I had expected us, you know, a week ago. But mm-hmm. I, I think this could be a, a fun, a fun season. Um, do you think that the rough weather has kind of played in our favor? I think so. I mean, you you saw it today for a while for Liriano. I don't know how much of the game you were able to catch a few hours ago. But I mean, I think there were four or five almost warning track shots. And... um those could have been out and in Chicago too, in that, that park, I always feel like the ball carries there and there's a lot of home runs there and we didn't allow any home runs to the white Sox. We also were very negative to the idea of hitting them ourselves. Of course. Well, well, that gets to the weather. I think the weather has uh, played to our favor a little bit. It's like two big 10 or, uh, uh, um, teams or nfc north teams and the weather you know grinding it out with a ground game is kind of what we've 
we've been experiencing. Yeah, um, we talked when we were texting a little bit about the resiliency of the Tigers. Um, you know, the come from behind game against. Uh, the White Sox, even opening day, uh, obviously they ended up blowing yep. it, but that was a, a big time comeback. How do you think the difference in character between Gardenhire and Brad um, plays into that? Like, I, I genuinely believe that when they look at looked at Osmus versus looking at Gardenhire, they see more faith and more. Oh, come on. I, I genuinely believe that. I, I, I think there is something to the I, psychology. I believe you do. I believe you genuinely believe that. And I also believe it's bunk. I think it's absolute bonk. I think like tell me that when we fell behind, Brad didn't just you know mentally shut up shop, and and give off a persona that that was happening. I don't know. I don't know if that factors into it really at all. You're going to tell me these professional baseball players are are going to themselves more and try harder because of a white goatee man than a surfer man i mean like, we're, uh, the guy standing there it we're talking no marginal difference. marginal gains but I, I think there is just a little bit there a little bit there um so obviously uh there are still some issues to work through that are concerning um namely the us getting shut out three times but i think that we should only touch on the positive this week like there'll be plenty of time <laughs> for for moaning yeah. this season um but just like i tweeted after the manchester derby on, on saturday sports are all about moments and right now i mean being shut out tonight aside we're in a, a fairly decent moment so let's just run run down the happy stuff you good with that yeah and i'm also happy with your pronunciation of darby instead of derby yeah i i, I speak british more than i speak you know american <laughs> it drives whitney crazy you've done it very well thank you um so let's start with a guy we were both cautiously optimistic about coming uh into the year and that is dixon machado yeah all the dude does is hit doubles he's currently tied for second in baseball in doubles with six and it's not even fluky he's not dropping little uh twins hits down the line these are power shots i saw somewhere he's on the front page of the listing for you know highest you know exit velocity right wow. dixon machado he's his uh his approach at the plate is good he's not getting fooled he's he's blasting it this is going to sound like blasphemy but you know who he reminds me of he reminds me of prime placido polanco kind of that a very similar style he okay. he commands the strike zone well um obviously polanco i feel like went for a few more you know actual homers but he was mostly a doubles hitter but yeah all of these doubles from dixon i feel like have either come close to to you know banging off the wall or one hop the fence um like you said there's absolutely nothing fluky about it right polanco's bat to ball skills were like super good like you could not strike the dude out and machado's not there but his his eye is is terrific um do you think um he had a little bit of the aaron Rodgers situation where he spent a whole year holding a clipboard on the bench that backup quarterback the year of grooming on the at the big league level on the bench and now he's like ready I mean, there there is something to that, I believe. I was actually really curious how you were going to compare Aaron Rodgers and Dixon Machado, but that, that well, actually makes sense. you know, sense. kind of the yeah. understudy, you hold the clipboard for a year. You're not a rookie who just gets thrown in. Because we didn't use him much at all last year. No, it was, it was borderline a redshirt year. No, I, I buy that. Yeah, exactly, um, redshirt. And, you know, he's he also is 26 now. This is a time when guys yeah, typically kind of start coming into their own. I think that... 
Um, you know, he showed a little bit of extra base pop in the minors, and now he's, you know, been able to take that into the, the games at the big league level. I remember the first spring training game I saw him in stro- strolling up to the plate. And I'm like, where's the rest of the guy? I mean, he was narrow. He was thin. And I'm just like, this. how's this guy going to hit? He look. He looks just like super skinny, and he's kind of filled out. It's like he's he's gotten older. So you know, I'm I'm just not used to you know, skinny people filling out. I you know I just come from a world where you're big and you stay big forever. <laughs> How do you feel about him as kind of a franchise cornerstone? I feel like the roster oh, is on. is fairly devoid of them but here's the thing you need somebody that's decent to hit number nine like every team needs a nine hitter having a good nine hitter is an advantage having somebody who is a plus defender at second base is an advantage and i well think, i think that's an important point yeah. yeah i don't i don't know maybe cornerstone's a little bit too too much but you can win with dixon machado as your second baseman and right. number nine hitter second right second baseman if you have a um quality big league average second baseman who can play you some defense. That's a piece that continues to play. You can't do that with a mediocre third baseman or mediocre corner outfielders who aren't giving you any pop, but not every second baseman can be Jose Altuve. That's right. Right. Absolutely. You can just have quote, you can have, I'm doing finger quotes. You can, you can just have a guy at second and be okay. And I think he, at this, at this point, the way he's playing, he's better than a guy. But even if he can just be a big league guy, he'll be fine. Yeah. He'll be a nice asset. We came into the season looking at the pitching staff, and I feel like we kind of agreed that if things worked out, you know, if if a lot of things kind of came up our way, that it could be a pretty decent staff. Through through two weeks of the year, things have kind of worked out just right. Um, Mike Fires was a guy that was maligned in some parts of the internet, uh, but you were always right there behind him. How good does it feel to have him repay your faith? I, I lambasted. I destroyed Mike Fires and I poo pooed him excessively. And uh, people were, were kind of on me about it when he had a, a tremendous outing. Now, one outing does not a season make. I friends. don't think you understand how the internet works. <laughs> <laughs> but I. I'm prepared to eat a little crow. I, I'm happy. See, I never do this because I'm 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 usually a sunshine sunshiner. So usually I'm like building guys up and then they suck and I'm like, oh yeah, I was wrong. But it's kind of weird to poo poo somebody because it's like happy, but yet I'm 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 stupid. Like say I'm a happy stupid. Um, so that's unique for me. Yeah, I think it was incredibly important for him to have that strong debut. Mm. Um, <laughs> You know, we get on players' backs. You know, Tiger Switter gets on players' backs, especially with the way Norris was putting pressure on him, you know, based on his his one relief outing. Um, He absolutely needed to come out and look respectable. Um, I I think the majority of us were ready to kind of declare him, you know, the next Mike Pelfrey before he even stepped on a, a (laughs) you know, a major league mound. Um but it's nice to see that, that he healed up. Uh, Jim Price was talking about it. It is much easier to pitch without back issues, which that, that makes sense to me. Um, the, the comparison that I saw in watching his stuff was, was Fister. Um, everything moved a little bit. He had that, that swing back going, the changeup. Um, Not super overpowering. No, absolutely. I mean, he, he Fister, what? He would touch 92, 93. Fires is maybe, may, maybe a little really. lower than that. Um, yeah. 
you know, we got a lot of good starts out of Doug Fister. If we can get yep. if we can get a season out of Mike Fires doing even vaguely similar things, that that'll be a win. Oh, for sure. I mean, and if he's if he's competent, he's getting flipped at the deadline. Yeah. Um, so how many how many starts um, does he make before you you, you jump on board? I, I'm imagining one probably doesn't change your mind entirely. Four. Okay. Now how does that now how does that track with um, he ha, he's you know notoriously streaky over the course of his career? Uh, I don't. I'll get back on the fires train. It's fine. I just looking at his track record over the last three years, it's not an upward trend. That's kind of what I, and then a bad spring and I'm just not feeling fires and yeah, maybe he, he figured it out and his back's healthy and it's all good, but give me a couple more starts before you, you bury my fight hot fires take. I think, I think you're discounting the Basio effect, the Basio magic. Oh, geez. The I, boss. Did you see him um, come into a mound visit? And that was, you know, that was the most leisurely stroll I've ever seen. I mean, Gene Lamont would be proud of how leisurely Boz went out there. He was in no rush. Yeah. And the, they're, they're trying to attribute it to his, what was it, back or knee or something like that. Yeah, I'm sure. And I'm just like, oh, come on. He's milking this for all it's worth. You only get six I of them. You got you to soak up that FaceTime where you can. I loved it. I think it's interesting that they put the the six, you know, mountain visit limit. Have you seen any games even come remotely close no. to that, at least early? No. Gosh, I think the White Sox in one game maybe used four. I feel like we complain about this every week, but the, the pace of play rules in baseball are so stupid. I hate them. You know what we saw tonight in tonight's game that would increase the pace of play is just calling more strikes, yes. enlarging the strike zone a little it's, bit. It certainly worked tonight. Yeah, I think it was I think it was Joe West maybe behind the plate and um Kluber was getting that low and away like breaking stuff and it's unhittable and if he's getting that for a strike, I mean, the game is going to clip right along. Yeah, and not to our not to our benefit either. No. It was to Liriano's benefit a little bit too though. Oh, for sure. Liriano sure. was able to live on the corners a little more than maybe he was used to. Um for sure. So after, but it made the it made the game go fast. Yeah. Sure. Um, so after years and years of garbage bullpens, naturally this year uh, the pen has started out lights, lights out. Um, I, I did some did some research, as the kids say. Um, since opening day, they have given the bullpen has given up a total of one run while protecting leads. It was wow. Al, it was Alex Wilson. Um, now obviously they haven't, um, you know, they're, they're, we haven't had leads in every game, but still that, that's pretty impressive. Um, Stumpf and, and Joe Jimenez are now combined for 11 scoreless appearances to start the year. Wow. This feels like a bullpen that's actually built to last. Jimenez is, is the cream that has risen to the top of the setup role, wouldn't you say for sure? I would, yeah. I mean, he, he's using that and then mixing in Stump where it's like situationally appropriate. And Joe has, has been good. Yeah, I mean, all the promise that we've thought about and seen. Now, it's it appears to be he's living in that 93 to 94, 90, maybe 95 range. He's not living 98, 99. And I hate to use your favorite go-to default reference, but maybe it's Boz saying, hey, you're going to – it, it looks like he's getting a little bit more movement, a little more action. I don't know. Maybe that's all. But I'm just talking fastball now. I mean, the slider is still good if he can loc- if he can locate it, and the slider's been 
better. He actively has GarageBand open right and now as we speak, clipping this this uh, you know clip so that he can put it on his Twitter. <laughs> Me and Hall text back and forth all the time whenever him and Ez is like doing his own PR work. No one loves him and Ez as much as him. Yeah, no, no one is going to build great. the brand for you. You you got to do that for yourself. Um, so obviously, like you said, uh, Shane Shane Green. He's had some mixed results, but there's no question. Shane Green is a very good fun. relief pitcher. He can be good. Between yeah. him, Joe, and Stumpf, and obviously I, I mm-hmm. still love Verhagen. That is, that Verhagen is a, had a good outing tonight. Verhagen looked great tonight, but I, I would say that. Um, that is a good um, and controllable back end of the bullpen. I was very much on the Shane Green. Let's let's move him at the deadline. Let's get our Candelario and Paredes again. I think there's something too hanging on to him at this point. Um, you know, when when we're good again, we're going to need a bullpen that doesn't suck. If we have these three guys in it, that is a very good start to the to a bullpen. And you know, your boy Stump, you know, he hasn't got it done as sexily as Joe has, but he's he's been very good. How much do you credit Rick Anderson as the as the bullpen coach? Oh, you 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 know, I know all about Rick Anderson and every move he makes. And I it's all very brilliant, you know, but who who knows? I do. Now my question is, does Verhagen look like the boyfriend in the distracted boyfriend meme? Yeah, he definitely does. When when you when you said that it, <laughs> it clicked in my I'm like, Oh, yeah. How did I not That's notice that? That's who it is. Yeah. Um, so the the last little bit I want to get here to here is my boy, the van man himself, Daniel Norris. I actually probably could have yeah. thrown thrown this in the, the bullpen discussion, but I have it under a different heading. Um, it's just been the one appearance, uh, three and a third, one hit, one earned run, uh, two walks, but the six strikeouts. Um, and for me watching that, it was a little bit more than just the numbers. Like he visually looked different on the mound to me. Like he looked a little more confident, a little bit more assured. Um, and obviously the stuff was, was fantastic. It was a, a proper eggplant emoji moment for me. Um, have you, have you seen enough to, to get back on the Norris hype train? He pitched really good. I mean, he still looks a little hyper to me on the mound. I, you could call that energetic or powerful, but it, you know, kind of almost like a little jumpy. Yeah. He, he's got a lot of energy. Um, it, it got a little late in the year before we used him. Right. So you kind of like we're kind of like this pseudo stretched out conundrum for for him. It's perplexing what we're going to do with this dude, isn't it? I mean, there's no easy answer. I thought Hookslide had a really interesting tweet. Um, so obviously we sent down work Southpold and now Norris yep. is kind of the long man. And, it, and that immediately made me wonder, um, is he going to get enough reps to kind of make this work? Because the one thing you can't have is him not pitching. Um, but this is Hookslide's tweet. He said, this is the area where, we'll, where he'll be watching and evaluating garden hire, not his willingness to use advanced metrics, but can he make good on promises like this? And he's referring to the promise of, you know, Norris getting enough work as a long man to make it worth him being there um, and get the kids the reps they need in order to really develop. I think he can. Let's find out. Um, I mean, like Norris himself said, I don't know exactly what Toledo, you know, provides for him. He the, the issue, nothing. The issues are all mental. How can he deal with failure with, you know, runners on? And, you know, he's he's going to do pretty well down there. He needs to be up here facing the big hitters. I mean, I guess as long as they can get him on the mound, you know, obviously he's not going to be every every fifth day for, you know, six innings. But I do think that this is probably the best course of action for him at the moment. I suppose there's two ways to handle 
kind of added, kind of mental issues, and that is um, give the structure and predictability a guy needs. So it's like clockwork, dink, dink, dink. You know exactly. The other thing to try is just like, hey, we're just going to use him however, put him in a hundred different situations, and when he's tried a different hundred different things, he's just going to be familiar with it and not worry about it. See, see what sticks. Yeah. 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 So uh, that seems to be the approach. Like we're just going to use them and see once where it shakes out. Yeah. And we're, we're a better team. We, we know without doubt with him on the major league roster in, in whatever role, obviously it's, it's too early to give up on him as a starter, but I do think that he um, profiles as an Andrew Miller type. If we, you yeah. know, if we determine to, to go that route, he should not be, a bullpen piece. No, absolutely. I, I mean, not. I think everybody kind of agrees. I mean, the Tigers agree with that. You know, analysts or whatever. The the predicament is we just there's not a clear spot for him right now. Yeah. I mean, Boyd's good. He's he's been good. Fires was serviceable. Doing you know he looks strong. There's just not a place for him yet. Uh, uh... The the thing is, is give us a month and I would be very surprised if all five of those starters were still healthy and firing. Right. You know, and and that's the, one of these situations where you're preparing for an eventuality that is not immediately apparent. Yeah. And, and that's fine, but fans tend to get a little testy about it. Yeah, they're going to be yelling about it, but I, I do think that, that, that it's fine. So we've run down all of the good things that are happening. I have one question left for you, and that is, of course, is... Are we for real with z with a cap or with a z at the end of reels? No, 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 no. <laughs> I no. mean, if you're if for real, you mean maybe having a 500 record for the first month of the season? Okay, maybe. I'd be stunned if we carried a 500 record that long. I agree. I, I, I definitely agree. So that means to me, that does not count as for reels with a Z. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I come down the same way. I wasn't sure if you were, you're wanting to get all, all fiery and, and go for it, but no, I'm, I'm not ready to say that we're for reels with a Z either. Our excitement is mostly emotional and not mm, wagering based. We're not prepared. I'm not prepared to plunk some money down no. at the casino on the Tigers. No, I am excited to see. Um, this is just kind of out of nowhere, but I'm excited to see Boyd tomorrow against a real Cleveland lineup. Obviously, they've they've started mm-hmm. the year slowly, but that's obviously still a very good hitting team. Um, yep. I will be excited to watch that. So we're now two weeks into the year um, and we've had both. So we've ha- been able to have a direct comparison. Some people like one. Some people like the other. Uh, Eric, mm. where do you fall in the great Rod Allen versus uh, Kirk Gibson, Gibby, as they call him, debate uh, as far as being the color guy on Fox Sports Detroit? So, I mean, I'm seeing complaints out of both camps, right? A lot of people don't like Rod. You think They think he's kind of inane and predictable and catchphrases. And a lot of people don't like Gibby, mostly um, around the, the stylistic kind of aspects of his announcing now we we have to say that um kurt gibson has been um fighting against parkinson's disease and i i think that's maybe an aspect of some of that so we don't want to be disrespectful to him and and what he's facing um and i wonder if some of the stylistic elements come out of that um but um I, i've seen a growing uh discontent with gibby 
And uh, so for me, the stylistic and kind of manner of speech things aren't as important. What kind of bugs me about Gibby is he'll make some reference or like kind of what appears to be a joke and nobody is really connecting with what it is he's talking about. Like Mario isn't quite getting it or Keating isn't quite getting it. And you as the audience are like, okay, what, what does he mean? Where is he going with this? And sometimes it resolves and some kind of, sometimes it kind of doesn't. So, um, I don't know. I, Gibby is probably more insightful and technical. Do you think? But yeah, I think it's probably maybe. But from I still kind of prefer Rod. I mean, just the just the tempo and the 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 pace of the 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 commentary feels better with Rod. Yeah, to me. Rod's more well, conversational. Whereas sure. with, with Gibby, he's I would I would go as far as to say that he's awkward to interact with. Um, yeah, yeah. I feel like he's kind of that strange uncle that you never want to get cornered by. <laughs> like that, you'll, you know, you'll have to get, you know, break out your fake laugh all the time when you're with him. Nope. Like, I'm, I'm sure there are people out there who maybe get his sense of humor, like, and, and that Gibby's their, their guy, but that, that isn't me. Um, and, and I feel like, I feel like he's never willing to get beneath the surface. Like, I feel like, um, he is purely observational. He tells you what he sees, but there's no intent on getting beyond that. The why, the um, what this means, uh, like there's there's not much in the way of actual analysis. And I'm not saying that yeah. that, that Rod has that either. Um, but I mean, I've enjoyed Gibby on a couple times where he was talking about like relaying signs. He kind of knows some of the inside workings of of that a little bit. But yeah, I mean. I feel like more often than not, he's not actually saying anything. Right. Uh, right. But... My, most of my beefs with, with Gibby are, are, are stylistic and not necessarily content related. Yeah. And most of my stuff with Rod is not stylistic. It's mostly content related because he, he goes back to the same well that he has. Now, I will say this. These guys are doing a ton of games. And we as super invested fans watch a ton of games, I think more casual fans, like if they see Rod um, a dozen times throughout the year, it doesn't strike them as repetitive at all. And yeah, it's, so like, I it's think, like the, the commercials, you know, yeah, if, like if, the commercials. if you've seen yeah. American metal roofs.com, you know, six times you're like, Oh, that's a catchy song. I mean, obviously yeah. I still love it, but most people find that to, to get a, a bit, you know, my oh, family is annoyed by the Euro commercials, the yeah, Arby's. I hate all Arby's commercials. Don't even get, don't even get me started there. They have the meats, Jordan. I'm I'm well aware that they have the meats. I don't know how that campaign has lasted. What three, four years? Somebody in that Arby's marketing department needs to be fired, and Sound then replaced with me. Yeah, gotta, are they, gotta move. Are they, gotta though, move that meat. All you gotta ever, move your meat. All you ever see is Arby's stores closing. I'm just. Just burning down Arby's at this point. Um, but I, I actually, I feel like just looking back on what I did, I feel like I phrased um, my my question to you incorrectly. I feel like oh. there's very few people who actually are in a camp one way or the other. I feel like very few, few people are like, yeah, I really like Rod or yeah, I really like Mario. It's more that they just can't stand the other one, which I think is <laughs> that's right. Yep. Which I think it's interesting. It's like modern politics. You know, you, you always just, it's negative against the other guy, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, look, why don't we go ahead and get to your beef of the week? Beef of the week? I've experienced extra drama and turmoil. I recently got a new computer. Um and I had to reset my phone recently. So I'm going through the process of trying to like download new apps and log into websites that I haven't been at in a while. And so you're constantly facing the double blank fields of death where they're like username and password. And, you know, I look at it and I blink twice and I'm like, I, I have no idea. And then I try the first half dozen ones that I sometimes use and none of those work. There has to be a better way to like use websites and applications. You're not supposed to write them down. And even if you did write them down, how are you going to find the little, the little piece of paper? You don't know where it is. You're going to keep a notebook on you at all times. Not this guy, not this guy. And then, okay, you're going to use the second program to like keep the passwords for all the other programs. What if you forget that password? How now you're using two programs and then there, every website's different, and they and on uh, what they require. Got to have a capital letter. Got to have a special character. You can't. Got to have eight characters. I can't remember all this. I think that's my big my big beef here is that passwords in general you should be able to have you know the slashes the the characters um, so that if you want you can have the same one on every single thing. Like there's like, there's some that you can't have a character. There's some that you can, you have to have just have it all be the same. I mean, I'm not carrying any state secrets. Okay, uh, if Russia got into my Netflix account, okay, yeah, maybe you can figure out. Like, I like to watch documentaries. Oh no, Boris is, has that information now. Like it's whatever. It's there's got to be like some in between between two factor authentication. And nothing. Well, if you, you know, if you I just want to see my get my account, if you believe the the Apple apps, soon we'll, you'll just have to look at everything and it'll open. Have you seen that commercial? Yeah, but even that, like, oh. my big complaint with that commercial is why is the girl wearing overalls? Do do people wear overalls out? Is that a thing? Train conductors do, I imagine. Yeah, but I feel like train conductors kind of have their own separate like the, wardrobe. Like the guy on Choo Choo Soul. I mean, the conductor. Okay, for... Gibby, you're going to have to explain that one to us. <laughs> no, it's just a kid's. It's just a stupid kid's show where the guy wears overalls. It's <laughs> all it is. It sounds great. It, he's basically like a big muscular guy like Vin Diesel, and he's the train conductor who sings with like and dances around with a Choo Choo Soul lady. Don't I, I shouldn't have brought it up. That's a stupid reference. Uh, 
Uh, let me conclude my beef. Passwords and are impossible to remember, and modern technology is maddening. That's beef of the week. That was great. It was moving. Um, so I saw nothing on the side of the road while while running this past week. So I came up with a little bit of a game for you. Are you are you okay with that? Strapped in, ready to rock. So here's here's what I did. I picked a player from Tiger's Past. I pulled seven clues about him from his Wikipedia page. And okay. um, let's see. I will read them from most general clue to most specific clue. Stop me. Okay when you know who this player is or just I, i'll give you a guess after each clue all right about that. all right we'll keep yeah perfect. all right go in 2001 he led all major league shortstops in errors with 26 um in what year 2001 um debbie cruz no uh he won the world series in 2003 not with the Ooh. tigers Don't know. Was traded in 2010 for Yunel Escobar and Major League Baseball legend Jojo Reyes. Not of KC and Jojo, just to be clear. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Damien Easley. No. I don't know. He did not survive April in the D and was released on April 20th. He played for us in 2002? No, he he, oh. he he led all major league shortstops and errors in two thousand one. Two thousand two in two thousand one. Yes. So he played for us later. Yes. And he was traded in twenty ten. Yes, not to us though. Uh, These are just facts G- from his. Guillen, Carlos Guillen. No. Uh, <laughs> his nickname was Seabass. Oh, no, I don't know. Sebastian, I was going to say Sebastian Janikowski, but it doesn't make any sense. It's a different sport. Um, okay. His nickname was Seabass, though. Uh, everyone at home, I'm sure, has it by now. Here are the last two. You should be able to get it from either of these. We acquired him for Steve Lombardozzi. Oh, my gosh. Um, Steve, um, Alex Gonzalez? Alex Gonzalez. That's a Holy balls, dude. That's way too obscure. Alex Gonzalez. I'd almost forgotten about him. So this is, uh, and the final clue was in his only opening day with the Tigers, he hit a game tying RBI triple in the seventh and a walk off yeah. single in the ninth. Um, so I, I don't is know. Is it if... weird that the Lombardozzi clue gave it away for me that I knew it? No, no I think that's great. Um, so I, I'm sure you're going to find this difficult to believe, but this guy was on the Alex Gonzalez train um, when we traded for him. Everyone's all you like. Were... I think that I think that was before this show. Um, and Good when I say I, I, you would have embarrassed yourself. But no, uh, everyone's like, oh, we're trading Lombardozzi. He's so good. He's so good. And I'm like, no, he's not. And obviously, Alex Gonzalez is, is not good. But Steve, Lombardozzi, Correct. save it with the Steve Lombardozzi crap. Yeah, because he had a good spring, if I remember. Yeah, he was in his day. Uh, Alex Gonzalez was not a terrible player. Just we got him several days after after his day. That was fun. Thank you for that, Jordan. I'll try. I'll try and see something on the side of the road next week so that we can uh, we can have one of those. Okay. 
<laughs> Look for Alex Gonzalez alongside the road. <laughs> now that would probably be something. Where, probably where he is these days. Hello, this is Eric's mom, and you're listening to the Podcastianos. Okay, let's get to Twitter questions. Um, if you want to get in touch with us to ask us Twitter questions, you can at any point. Generally, we'll send out a uh, ask for question tweet the day of. Um, but I'm at Jordan Hall 23. Eric is at Comeric Eric, and the show is at Podcastianos. The first one comes in from Nicholas Nicholas Holler. He asked, or he says, "This isn't a question. This is a statement. Profound statement." Seems, seems which I which I asked for as well. Um, Trust or ridicule or accept as profound. Gerber is up by the middle of June at least. Mm, yeah, maybe just because we need an outfielder, somebody gets hurt or something like that. I don't feel like he's a. Oh, we got to get him up. Call up. Yeah, I'd, I mean, I'd Kristen's. I, who's up first, Kristen Stewart or Gerbs? I think it depends on what we need. If we need a fourth outfielder replacement. Excuse me, replacement. I think Gerbs comes up. If we need somebody to play every day, um, then I, I think it'll be Stewart. And who's he, we'll see who plays better. But I think it's even money between Gerbers and, and Gerber and Stewart. Yeah, um, yeah, it could go either way. Uh, at Cam underscore Gerard asks us which franchises represent the worst case scenario and best case scenario for our rebuild. Which franchises? Yeah. So like models. As in, yeah, as in recent yeah. recent examples. So I, I think best case scenario, we're not as deep down as like the Astros were. The Astros were bad for a long time, but maybe like the Cubs, you know, where they were not great for a while, but added a couple um, good draft picks and made some shrewd moves. Would that be lovely? That, that would be what That's I best would say, because, you know, immediately I think of the White Sox. The White Sox had more usable pieces than we did. I don't I don't think there's many parallels with that one. You're talking um, about the 05 White Sox? No, I'm talking about the the White Sox. The White Sox as, right now. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and the Yankees to get back to where they're at right now. Um, you know, when they they dealt all those pieces and got back Torres and all those guys. Yeah. Um, I don't even see that. Um, but I I do think that um your your Cubs your Cubs uh, comparison probably That's is, best is case. spot on. Yeah, I mean worst case scenario where constantly trying and turning things over and not getting anywhere. The Marlins, like, yeah. At Travis underscore Frazier asks us, citing at PFT commented, uh, what do you think about the idea of positioning the catcher elsewhere on the field with no runners on and less than two strikes? Are you just going to let the ball hit the open the nuts? Oh, it's it's, it's an idea. It's innovative. <laughs> There's got to be some rule against that. Have well, a guy I would, I would certainly assume that there is a rule against it. But um, as far as just the the logic behind it. It doesn't not the logic's make sense. pretty sound. The thing with yeah. that though is you could just swing and miss, you know, and uh, you know, pass ball on on strike yes. three. So there is or there is any, inherent danger. Or any pitch. I mean, depends on where the catcher is positioned. I mean, if you had um, let's say, you know, kind of in bunt fielding position, so kind of even with a pitcher, but on the third baseline. So, because you want somebody to get the pop ups and stuff that are near the plate yet. But yeah, if he's further back than that, yeah, you just swing and miss and run to first. Yeah. On strike three. Uh, Connor Devins asks us, don't look or says, don't look now, but the bullpen has an ERA under four for the first time since 2012. Um, I didn't fact check that, but if that is true, that <laughs> is astonishing. Um, we're actually do look now because by the time we play Cleveland, that stat will be very obsolete. 
I don't know. Cleveland's been in such rough shape right now. I'm not necessarily sure that that is a problem or that that will be a problem. But we haven't had any bullpen meltdowns per se. I mean, we've had a couple guys kind of stub their toe, Buck, but Buck not had a little like, bit of a meltdown. Yeah, and he was hurt today. I mean, Buck's gonna have to. I, I was meaning his previous outing when he. Yeah, came I know. Before. Oh, okay. So, but I'm I'm just saying like Buck's gonna have to. He needs to start over again. That would right? be a little mulligan. Just you know, reboot. It's fine. Uh, Michael Litzner asks us, is having low expectations for the Tigers this year make every win that much sweeter? You were talking about this earlier. Yeah, a little bit. It does. It for sure does. Instead of, oh, yeah, well, we should win. It's like, oh, a win. That's beautiful. Um, at David, or excuse me, David Bratz at I'm not going to do his handle. It's very long. Um, he says, for the next podcast, a lot of positive things have happened so far this season. Miggy, Fulmer, bullpen, starting pitching, etc. What uh, won't last and what will? And he also threw in, don't underestimate our global reach. Uh, he listens religiously in Dallas. You know, we were talking about the um, the meetup last week. We had several All people right. tweet us that uh, they would be down for the meetup. So stay, stay by yeah. your phone. We'll, we'll tweet out more details. Yeah, we shouldn't have poo-pooed. Apparently you know, not. No, no poo-pooing. Uh, I got a, we got a, a tweet from a guy from the Netherlands, Holland. Yeah, yeah. Not, the Netherlands. Not, not your Holland, the other, the real Holland. Yeah. No offense. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's more real than Holland, Michigan. Do you do you follow the, the Dutch national team? Is that is that your, your national team of choice? Mm, that's, my, that's my backup. For sure, but they didn't. They didn't make the cup either. No. So I mean, it was kind of a a bad alignment of badness because no United States. So who do I root for? Dude, root for no, Germany. Cool. The Germans play the best. The best, most beautiful uh, football to watch. That that's who I'm rooting for. Either them or I, the French. I think I'm going to go with the one of the Scandinavian countries. Sweden isn't Sweden make it? Yeah, Sweden's in there. I'll probably root for them. But to answer your question, Miggy and Fulmer, obviously I buy Fulmer. I, I think yep. this Miggy resurgence is for real. Starting pitching, um, I think it's going to be what it's going to be. Like, Boyd, I think, can be good. Fires, I think we're going to see Fires a bit of gonna a roller crashing back. A little bit of a roller coaster from him. Um, Liriano, I kind of buy as what he is. I mean, he has turned into very Liriano starts. Lots of walks, lots of wildness, good stuff. I mean, that that's who he is. Um, bullpen, I think we all know where this bullpen is headed. <laughs> um, oh, and he also asked us one more question. This article from Sports Daily refers to Nick, uh, Nick as the Greek god of hard contact. Forget the Nick or Nicholas debate. Can we just call him that from now on? No, is no, isn't that Kevin Euclid? Oh, yeah, because he was, used the Greek god of walks. Yeah, as a Moneyball reference. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I do, I do think it's funny, but um, no, we, we, pro <laughs> we probably shouldn't. Uh, Adam Langworthy asks us, when will Johnny Kane uh, get his own show on the Food Network? This is such a good question. Obviously, we no, don't. No, it's not. No, I, I can, I can, <laughs> I can see this. Um, Johnny and I going around the country, him, him. You know, oh, sampling ballpark fair at, at all the major and minor league parks. Um, I'm I'm still trying Finding to figure out fans to interview. I'm trying to figure yeah. out my role in this show, but I'm I'm sure there is one for me. Hanger on her. I could be his hype man. The flavor Johnny's personal flavor flavor. 
I think that's I think that's my my job. It's a good job. Uh, at Jeremy underscore Troya, the better of the Troyas asks, why are the Tigers trying to ruin, ruin Daniel Norris uh, by having him be a long man slash spot start guy instead of a starter? It's like they're trying to mess with his head. I get the fires pitched decently yesterday, but come on, pitch the kid while we're rebuilding. Right. Uh, since you got both Lariano and fires, you have to pitch those guys in a starting role. And Norris is kind of the odd man out. This is, there's no there's no elegant solution to this. Yeah, and I I think that the just if you take the the off season kind of if you take a step back, the fire signing looks like it's a lack of planning. Either either that or the Liriano signing was I, so incredibly opportunistic. Um, you know, clearly I I don't think Avila went into the off season thinking I got to get myself two starting pitchers, two veterans. Right. I think that if he could have a do over on the fires thing, and, you know, maybe maybe not after after yesterday, but I I think that's probably where he would come down. Well, Fires was one of the first guys signed, and Liriano was you know towards the end, so I think that's just kind of how it shook out as far as opportunities goes. Um. I think there could be an argument made that, like you say, we're young, rebuilding. You just give Norris a spot. Figure, you know, whoever, you know, a veteran be darned. Like, you give him a spot. You let him start all year, regardless of results, and then you reevaluate him in the offseason. Yeah. I feel the obvious Uh, answer. There's an argument for that. I feel like I've said this a million times would be a six man rotation. You just don't see it very often, but it would save bullets on all those young arms. Instead of throwing 230 innings, Fulmer would be, you know, down closer to 200 or even below. Same with Boyd. I think that that makes only pride. Only pride and tradition is preventing that. Yeah, absolutely. And there and there's team teams around baseball that are, you know, the Angels are experimenting with a six man rotation. The Rays are trying a four man rotation, which seems like a bad idea. Like it's becoming less of a, a stigma. I think, you know, I'll I'll tweet at you know the Tigers later tonight yeah. and let them know that maybe they should go this route. That really is the most elegant solution. Yeah. It it really is. But yeah, you have to swallow a little bit of pride to do it. And Garden Hire doesn't exactly strike me yeah. as someone who's going to do that. Uh, you get that big bear tumble. No, you you have five man rotation. That's how it works in baseball. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, inspire a comeback. You know, after falling behind. Yeah, sure. That's his. That's his game. <laughs> but um, Lawrence Flynn at Lfly Eleven asks us: Trading Fulmer, yes or no, is going to be the question until the deadline. But what about trading Castellanos? Does he have any value because of the defense he doesn't play? Um, what would you name the podcast? Um. So there's a lot of lot, lot of content, a lot of hashtag content there. Um, so I I've I've maintained this. I don't think they're going to trade Fulmer, and I don't think they're going to trade Nick either, because mostly of the point that they brought up, like they're not other teams aren't going to value him super highly because he doesn't play much defense. I mean, JD Martinez is a is is a even a tier above Nick. Couldn't we agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, they they play similar. They I think they probably bring similar things to the play defensively. And JD got a a nice big healthy contract, but not like crazy huge, right? Yeah. And if you ask Tiger's Twitter, he brought us nothing in return. Like, there's nobody in that deal that anyone you know takes takes very seriously at all. JD, you mean? Yeah, yeah. 
Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, I believe he has this year and next year to run on his contract before he's a free agent. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Um, you know, I would, I highly doubt. Yeah, two more years after this of team control, I think. Gotcha. Then, yeah, we de- we definitely won't be trading him this year. Um, see, see where things play out this year. Um, but possibly next year at the deadline. And if we're not good, certainly the year after. Um, Anthony Troya at under, Ant underscore oh, what Troya. Do we call the, what do we call the show? Like, we don't have a master plan. We just call it something else or keep it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you'll you'll probably come up with something regardless because you, you have that that gene. I came up with another option, but it's slightly PG thirteen. So maybe, yeah. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll see how the Nick saga tra- transpires. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we're gonna wait it out. Call it Jordan Swimmerman. Um, <laughs> Anthony asks us the the better of the Troyas. So Dixon is yeah. Oh, sorry. So is Dixon now better than Machado? I'll hang up and listen. Oh, the better, oh, better than Manny? Yeah. No. You know the answer to that. You're just being silly. I thought it was funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Yoder asks us, uh, what do you think Daniel Norris did to Avila to, excuse me, Avila, to deserve this treatment? Do you think he made fun of his mom? Okay. We've, we've covered this ground. We Like, we, what do you do with Norris? They don't know that we've covered this ground. They asked these questions like four hours ago. Stop yelling at our listeners. Sorry. But Sorry, here, listeners. Here's the thing. He didn't make fun of, <laughs> of Avila's mom. He made fun of his kid. That would be the pro- the obvious problem. Right. A lot of interest in Norris. People people loving them some Norris. Yeah, they've, they've always loved Norris. Um, and so they should. Nopes, at Nopes on Twitter. He is He's our, our Dutch correspondent. Who has the best name, oh, yeah. best baseball name in the Tigers organization? And shouldn't they hire Dutch players to move up this very important ranking? He says yes. Yeah. Tom DeBlock is our uh, token Dutch guy, I think, right now. He's Andy, playing Andy in... Hecken. He will always be the number one Dutchman in my, in my heart. Dude, he's not really Dutch. He's from Holland, Michigan. That is the same thing. Oh, stop it. Everyone okay, uh, in Holland is from or the original Holland. You know that. He, Andy Van Hecken is, is my age. So I, I sucked at baseball, but my buddies were on the baseball team. They played against Andy Van Hecken. And I have a very close friend, and he, we get a big laugh out of it because he had he broke up one of Andy Van Hecken's no-hitters in high school. And he was very proud of himself. You know, he got this hit. And in the paper the next day, um, Andy Van Hecken, you know, masterful, lost uh, his no-hitter on a slicing, wind-aided uh, fly ball that was misplayed by the outfielder. And my my buddy is like, come on, that was my hit. And he just got destroyed. So Van Hecken's still playing. I think he's I think he's in Asia. Good for him. I I feel like the people look so down on people going, you know, guys going to play in Japan and Korea. Can you imagine? Smart. Yeah, it's it's a a whole new cultural experience, something that you would never have the chance to do, you know, any other vehicle. I think it's a really good and cool idea. And you get a chance to make some money. Yeah, I mean that that doesn't hurt either. Um all right, so let's just do one more. Oh, we, best name best name in the organization. I think we, we've covered some of this ground. Ulrich Bojarski is number one. Big boy Bojarski. Number two, sure. Kidar Aguista Guerrero. Aguista Guerrero. Kidar. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. 
I'll take your word for it. Um, and the last one, there, there are many more. If we didn't answer your question uh, this week, we will we'll get to them. I tried to pick out the most timely ones to do this week. Um, Bradley Moyer asked us, so Mike Fires, eh? I think, I think that one's directed at you, actually. Yeah, I'm cooking up some crow. You know, it's a nice crow kebabs over here. Shoveling, shoveling crow just over the shoulder. Mm, yummy. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can. On Twitter, I am at JordanHall23. Eric is at ComericEric, and the show is at PodcastIanos. Um, Facebook.com backslash PodcastIanos. If you want to follow all of my hashtag fire fire emoji, is, is that a hashtag or is it just the emoji? Just the emoji. Fire emoji pictures on Instagram at Jordino4. And once again, we'd love it if you'd take the time to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or whatever other platform you're listening to the show on. Um, Eric, do you have anything else to say to the listeners before we get out of here for the week? Just do whatever you can to make the weather better. I'm cold and I'm sick of it. So, you know, just make the weather better, people. Yeah, we are Thanks. nine days into April, and I still have probably this much snow in my front this yard. This is getting a little ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's, but, it sucks. It, and it's freezing all the time. And I, I'm ready to play disc golf again. Can't get out and play disc golf. It's harsh. With that being said, we will catch you guys next week and eat them up, tigers. Eat them up. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.